Premiership Perusal Podcast presents Lads on Tour. Can I do a little monologue before we start? Absolutely. As we it's start. Your, it's our <laughs> podcast, so I personally give you the right to. <laughs> the title of this sub-show was Lads on Tour. In the end, UEFA Euro 2020 slash, in parentheses, 2021, ended up truly like a Lads on Tour trip. Think about it. Month-long holiday in the summer, lots of action, Lots of joy, lots of sadness, some goofs, some gaffes. But in the end, in the end, you're left disappointed as you leave. All you can think about is the one that got away, who went home (laughs) with the beautiful Italian man. Because I was thinking that it was, uh, what's what's the meme line? It's... Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I'm just crying. We're all. Well, not all. Let's not act like <laughs> Hank was in full Italy mode. Oh, we we knew from the from the off where I was. I mean, you can't really hate on Italy too much. I don't think they're they're a great team. No, I hate but, them. I hate them all. <laughs> they did bad things to me. That's fair. Um, Especially Bonucci oh man. at the end of the game. It's coming to Rome! <laughs> <laughs> that triggered me. Oh, gosh. Um, that triggered me very hard. <laughs> so this one coming in, the final, big implications. We've got a lot on the, lot on the line. I just want to say before the final, I'm just going to read. It's not necessarily in order, um, but here's like the main guys that were up for like player of the tournament. You ready for this? Maguire, Sterling, Shaw, Mount, Kane, Verratti, Jorginho, Spinazzola, Insigne, Stones were the main guys. And you would have thought, pretty good bet it's going to be one of them. Yeah. (laughs) I would say so. Yeah. So starting off, they finally went back to the back three. Yeah. They finally did. We thought it would happen the previous round. They were confident enough that they could just their wide players sitting back were they're going to get forward enough anyways to where it didn't really matter against Denmark. So England this time they're like, all right, they're going to have to be a little more uh, closer to Rice and Phillips as opposed to Maguire, Stones, and Walker. Even though, as we know, as the game went on, they were just going to sit back anyways. But early on, it's kind of like the formation against Germany. Yeah, exactly. This just shows that they wanted to use this formation against teams that proved to be a higher threat going forward, like Mm -hmm. Germany, like Italy. And then they figured that they didn't need it against weaker teams like Ukraine and Denmark. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was actually well done to work between the two systems and not have it like super clunky or anything because it seemed like the players that they have it just works really well 
that yeah. you can slip into that back three. Well, I mean, there's just four. so many vers- versatile players on England's squad, and especially Sean Trippier are probably some of the top guys when you think of that. So, I mean, they're, I, I think during the opening like minute or so, what's his name, uh, Ian Dark mentioned that like Trippier is one of uh, Southgate's main guys, which we've always talked about how he has his certain guys. <laughs> Trippier is definitely one of them. But was there, were there any surprises with the lineup you thought? Did you think maybe they would just stick with the back four since they did the other? I think the one thing that was surprising, it wasn't the, the back four, back three. I, this makes sense to me, seeing as how they went with the back three against Germany. Mm-hmm. The one thing would be Sokka not starting and having Mount starting instead. Yeah, because normally when, even when they... I guess they they tend to have Sokka in as um, when they have the back four, and then once they go with the back three and the two more wide uh, wide wing backs that are a little more defensive minded, they Southgate feels he can he doesn't necessarily need Sokka for whatever reason he feels that way. Well, the because one, he wants the one game he didn't start after he started starting games was because of an injury. Mm-hmm. So. But, I mean, still, even with this, and it kind of makes sense just in, like, general, you would think it's like, okay, so Saka's more, uh, he, he's a little more defensive-minded when it comes to just in general as a player. So it's like maybe we could get away with one more attacking guy that can push forward because we have more defensive-minded players out there to make up. But, yeah, I don't know, Saka was in such good form coming in, it was hard to right. justify leaving him off. Yeah. That makes sense, though. Like, you don't need that much of a defensive work rate when you have a back five. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. As opposed to Italy, who have played the same 4 3 3 system the whole tournament. Yep. Of course, it's... they've switched up the personnel a little bit here and there, but for the most part, it's stayed pretty much the same. Yeah, they really found their kind of their main guys. They always had their. The real question was generally when it came to midfield, it was like, well, where's Verratti going to be when he's coming in? Because Locatelli's playing so well. And then it was, we didn't even really talk about Berardi kind of just being replaced by Chiesa. I mean, Chiesa just completely took over that um, right wing spot for him. Yeah, that was kind of the only one where the form mattered in terms of switching because Verratti came in after he... Got he, fully he, fit. Yeah. And then same with Spinazzola getting injured. Mm-hmm. Chiellini missed a game due to injury. Yeah. But I otherwise, mean, it's been the same in terms of yeah, in or, form. Exactly. So it's, it's just switched to the hot hand in Chiesa. Exactly. Um, yeah, so getting into the game right away, fast pace, England able to break on that counter it really showed how how much quality england have in terms of getting the ball up and when they do decide to pick up the pace because they're known kind of for playing slower especially in this tournament kind of being a little more cautious you know and then right away start off the game they must have known something that they could catch italy like that either that or they were just like really up for the match i don't know but Great play from Luke Shaw, switch up the play to... I think it was, well, because Shaw made a move up the wing to create space, and then he fed 
Kane, I believe, and then Kane played it all the way to Trippier. Trippier, and then yeah. Trippier, Trippier to Shaw. Shaw at the back post. Yeah. The main thing I noticed on that play is just it wasn't so much the midfield of Italy that got really exposed. It was more the defense because Emerson was so central from where he should have been because they were kind of shifted over to where Shaw side was, and England went so fast, Emerson couldn't cover that space. So Trippier was over there on the ball, and before Emerson could close down on him, he had Trippier had so much time and space to put a ball in. And even then, Italy was still shifting the back. When that ball's in the air, if you freeze frame, Di Lorenzo and Chiellini are both on Kane in the box. No one's on that even back post. And then Shaw's there for... Yeah, I think that comes volley. down to a couple things. One, the the movement in that play was excellent. It was so fluid. Like, Kane was coming back and playing the ball to Trippier, who's going forward. Yeah, instantly. Luke Shaw's going forward. And England had to know that where they were going to find success would be out wide, passing the ball in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that uh, in in the Spain game against Italy, mm-hmm. you know, with Emerson and Di Lorenzo, who we pointed out as their weak points. Their weak points. It was, it was the, the cliche like score too soon, <laughs> because they were playing so well, like insanely well yeah they were it was it was actually pretty incredible how fast they were moving i mean both teams were moving fast but england on that play they were dominating yeah easily i was so surprised i did not expect that at all it took italy probably until like the 30th minute or so to really actually establish their foothold in the game i would say yeah i mean england was just dominating the possession they were like you said, they were playing at a faster pace than mm-hmm. what we've seen before. Yeah. And it looked really dangerous. They were almost out Italying Italy yeah. in terms of like pressing and stuff at times too. Yep. In the midfield. Exactly. Going with the press in the midfield and winning back the ball. Yeah, smart plays where they get the ball and even if they just go down, they're gonna get a call. Italy just looked like just they were the like stunned. Like yeah. didn't know what hit them. They they gave up the goal and then England comes out playing like this. They're pressing. But then, I mean, it's almost like it really became a matter of England was playing not to lose. Yes, absolutely. They were so afraid of conceding. The second half was so different. End of the first half, Italy had like half chances. There was a couple. You could Um, tell at the beginning, like in the 30th minute onwards, that's yeah. when it changed. Yeah, and you would think Southgate would have made some changes to be like, hey, what was working before, that's not going anymore. We're going to have to do something else in terms of whether it's apply even more pressure rather than sit back as much as they started to and stuff. But they didn't really change that much. Yeah, when I was watching that, I was saying like, okay, Italy is on the front foot now. Like, mm-hmm. And that's... They, That's dangerous. They've applied pressure for 15 minutes in the first half, and then they come out, second half, same thing. If you look at the trend of the game, like this is going in Italy's favor, mm-hmm. and it's only a matter of time before they score. So my thoughts on that is you got to take out a defender, mm-hmm. like Trippier, and put in Sokka. 
Yeah, because you got go a little more going forward. You got to defend with offense. You you got to relieve the pressure that is being put on the defense and the midfield by getting more possession because they were getting like very little possession mm-hmm. and just sitting back. And you can't sit back for sixty minutes against a team like Italy. One guy I noticed for England that was massive in the first thirty minutes when things were going well was Mount. Yeah. And then after that, I didn't, I couldn't find him yeah. on the field. I think that they, whether it's bring on a guy who's maybe slightly less attack minded, but can he's just he's a little more well rounded in Bellingham. I think that would have been a good decision to bring him on, um, or even if you wanted to keep with an attacking guy and just freshen up, and they bring on Grealish instead of Mount. I mean. I don't know. It just it 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 seemed like he was one of the issues going for them. And I agree with the trippier point is that. But I mean, I agree. But I would have probably just had Saka starting from the get go, anyways, yeah. just because the form. So it's, I would have brought him on as soon as possible. Is my point. And ultimately, it was too late. Yeah. Uh, Benucci scores. Off of the header. Yeah, that corner that uh. Was it? It was Chiellini like got or the was original it a header, one? or no, it was it was, it was, it like was Cristante on, and yes. then I think Chiellini whiffed, and then Verratti got like a shot that went, and Pickford saved it onto the post, and it went yeah. back to the middle, and right. Benucci yeah tapped it home. It was just such a good corner in with the near post run to just flick it on and create try and create havoc. Anything. I yeah. mean, at that point, everyone's just scrambling, and that's to the benefit of the attacking team in that scenario. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, England waits too long, and then they concede, and now you're thinking they got to change something. So then they bring on Sokka for Trippier. Yeah. And I'm even thinking Kane looks gassed out yeah. there. I don't – he's played a lot of minutes. He's played – No, has he played a lot of minutes? He's doing a striker that has to go back to the midfield constantly to get the ball so he can link yeah. up with other players to get it forward for the team. That is so much more than a lot of strikers have to do that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's not, he did have to do it for Tottenham at times. He doesn't have to do it all the time. So it, And not for like 120 minutes. Yeah. You know. For, yeah, for how many games of, in a row in a month. <laughs> coming off like a three days rest. Yeah. So. When Italy had an extra day of rest. So it. And then in and addition then, to Kane, I was not impressed with what Sterling was offering. Yeah. He just didn't look like the player that we've seen in this tournament where he'd be able to well, re- relieve that pressure, at least some of us. He'd be able to at least relieve the pressure with some runs in behind. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't there. I mean, it's he di- he played 120 minutes as well. The so. thing a lot of people mentioned coming into it was watching for Kane matching up with Bonucci and Chiellini, but... I mean, it, it's not going to be a huge thing only because it's not like Italy are holding the high line. And Kane's so deep for a striker. Yeah. I think the main thing to watch would be how they kept tabs on Sterling because that was England's main thing was getting it um, out wide and then cutting it in, playing it towards the middle for Sterling or Kane to be their short range. And they did an amazing job centrally of preventing any of that. England was still able to get wide at times this game, obviously by their first goal, but what happened for them wasn't really ever central. There weren't many threats. 
Yeah, I would have liked to see Grealish come on earlier for Sterling. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. He's been one of the better attackers. Um, I know last game it was kind of weird because he didn't really do much, and then they scored, and I was like, oh, we got to take you off. We got to hold this just in case. Yeah. So I don't know if that how much that really affected his confidence. I, I couldn't imagine it affected a ton. But... Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, everyone's just a little flat. I mean, and part of that's just the end of the tournament. It's been a long tournament. Yeah, for sure. Especially, it sucks that they have to have the final like three days after the semifinals, and you go like 120 minutes mm-hmm. after it's been like a month of games in quick succession. You're not going to mm-hmm. see the best out of the players, but... And then the it's thing understandable. is, the thing is, is you'll see maybe try and rotate a little bit, and you're like, well, everyone else is just gassed. We gotta throw this guy on here. He's world class. Yeah. He hasn't played that much though. He's not in form as much as other guys. Yeah. And I think we'll talk about that later. But, um, wrapping up the end of the game, a little back and forth, mainly still in favor of Italy towards the end. Uh, main thing would I noticed Chiesa. Going down, that gave England a little bit of hope. A little bummer for Italy having yeah. to take him off. He's been so good this tournament, been their main yeah, attacking piece. Yeah, he had piece. a couple chances in this game too. Yeah, that one shot he had was insane. I think that was around like the 35th minute or whatever. He like that jostling for position with Rice blew past him, and then that shot that went wide. Yeah, that was a laser. Yeah. Uh, Bernadeschi comes on. He's kind of, I don't know. Like they mentioned, that he doesn't. He didn't have any goals for Juve this year, but I kind of like him. He's a different kind of aspect guy. He hit the post earlier this tournament, so don't mind them bringing him on. And then the the Chiellini yellow. Are we gonna talk about that, dude? What? How is that a yellow? What do you mean? How is that not a red? It's in the middle of the field. Where he, like, yeah, the meme picture where he. So, Dude, that's a red. That's got to be a red. Handball before the foul, so it shouldn't have even been a foul. On Saka, he, he touches the ball with his hand, so it shouldn't have even been called. Regardless, even even if that happens like off the field, that's still like violent conduct. It's a shirt pull. There's shirt pulls, and then there's like there's a shirt that. Pull. You don't see your everyday shirt pull becoming memes. I don't want to say this is what England fans brought on with the karma from okay. Denmark also, and they die for Sterling penalties. Sterling was getting zero calls. <laughs> yeah, because he tips over and this ref saw that. So he's like, oh. There was no. one. I think notice, there could have been a penalty. The players, notice the players who got foul calls for England. There were times where ones were even like questionable. And it's like it's guys like Maguire and stuff on stoppages of place. It's guys who don't go down and stuff. Sterling has been going down constantly. And then this ref just was like, no. Which I think hindered them because I think they could have had a penalty. There was a time that Sterling went down in the box. There was clipping of the legs. Are you talking about the diving where he's falling forward? It, it might have been, but there was there was a, a, a tangle of the legs. And I'm just wondering, like, maybe if that's a different player that gets called. Because obviously he's, he's getting nothing called. Most of them didn't deserve to be called yeah 
but well, you know, it's just one of those reputation things. Yeah, same with like, I mean, you'll see it with Neymar a lot too. Now, ever since that World Cup, <laughs> like 2014 World Cup, where he's like literally crying on the ground yeah. and stuff, he doesn't get calls like he used to. But anyways, I I don't know. He had half the pitch to run, and there are two defenders, and he's still got to beat the keep. I don't I don't think they. I don't think of it as like a a denial of clear goal scoring opportunity. I just see it as like All violent thought, conduct. I mean, as he grabbed the back of his shirt to keep him from running away. Yeah. Well, if they agree, it was to pretty violent. Uh, you know. Well, there's another one that could have been something that we saw a red given. Um, earlier in the tournament, Jorginho's yellow, where he's clearly going for the ball. He gets a lot of the ball, and then but it slides the off with the ball. Yeah, he gets the thigh with the studs. Yeah. You have more of a claim for a red for me on that one, then. Yeah, I thought that could have been a red too, but I understand like the fact he got he like all got ball, the ball and then it like popped. Yeah, between his or like I guess it like ricocheted between like his foot the ball on the ground and it's hitting realish and it poked out and then the foot had to go straight down i just want to say if that's whales (laughs) that's a red card well yeah that's because whales are actually the ultimate bad boy no one uefa won't let them win (laughs) the real talking point is whales so the thing is is it went from denmark had all the karma and then they get kind of screwed over and then england has all the bad karma and then they get screwed over in the final. That's my There take. was a procession. <laughs> there was like a procession of the way the games went. So like Switzerland beat France. France in penalties. Yeah. Spain beat Switzerland in penalties. Italy beat Spain in penalties. Yes. And then Italy beat England in penalties. Weird. Yeah. So many penalties. I don't, I, I mean, the, you know. The correct progression would have been that England beats Italy in You penalties. would have thought. But the karma, the karma wasn't on their side for the one yeah, last let's, game. Yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, not much happened in extra time. Yeah, there's some subs brought on different guys. I thought Florenzi was out for, the, like, the tournament. He got hurt in, like, the first game. I, I thought he was just out. Uh, regardless, so they bring on, they finally, we kind of went past it, but they brought on Grealish. And then at the very end, take off another sub, the sub being subbed out again, Jordan Henderson this time. Yeah. Off. You would almost think he might not be the best penalty taker you want him taking pens necessarily, but just for the fact that he's at least been in like Champions League finals and stuff, there has to be some sort of like thing going through Southgate's mind where he's like, all right, this guy at least has been in big moments. Maybe, you know, keep him on the field in case we have to. But they bring on two guys, which, and I get this reasoning too. You bring in two guys that are main penalty takers on big clubs. Rashford was the main penalty taker. It's not like he got replaced as the main penalty taker because um, because he was bad. It's just Fernandes is better. Yeah, he's just the main guy. And then Sancho. I guess Dortmund, they always had Royce take penalties. And uh, what am I looking at here? This is all the guys that didn't take many. No, this is like the whole team and their their penalties oh, scored first. Taken. You want to read it off? I can't read. I've never learned. Well, I'll read it off. <laughs> I just want to make a point about the substitutions. So, 
on paper, it makes sense that you're bringing in guys who should, on paper, be better yes. penalty takers. But with that said, can I, can I add one thing before you make your point? Okay, go. These are two guys, and I was saying earlier, they may be good penalty takers. They may be world-class players. They were not playing. They're not in form. They really hadn't got a feel for the tournament. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Not so much the tournament. I was just going to say the game. Yeah, that's fair, too. Like, you're... I will say, it was pretty funny watching Rashford play as a fullback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but regardless, like, they had, like, maybe a touch or two, and then all of a sudden they're taking penalties. Like, yeah. you, you haven't even had a good feel for the ball. So, anyways, the the penalties scored versus taken from the players, you have Kane at the top, 44 out of 51. Mm-hmm. He's picked to go first. That makes sense. You want to have a good start. Yes. Um, next, you have Rashford, 13 out of 15. So Again, makes sense would, yeah. for the substitution. Uh, next, you have a bit of a drop-off. You have Harry Maguire, 5 of 9. <laughs> I can't believe he's taking 9. <laughs> I can't either. That must have been at like Hall, Hall or something. Yeah, or even lower. <laughs> Sterling, 4 of 9. Mount, 4 of 5. Sancho, 5 of 5. So that sub makes sense. Trippier, 2 of 4. Henderson, 1 of 3. Makes okay. sense. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Phillips, 2 of 3. Grealish, 1 of 2. Rice, 1 of 2. Pickford, 1 of 1. When was that? that Sunderland days. No, that was that in the last Euros? Could have been. I don't know. Uh, Shaw, 1 of 1. Stones, 1 of 1. Walker, 1 of 1. Sokka, 0 of 0. Oh, man. So, anyways, Southgate decides to go with the strongest guys he has first. Well, Kane, and then he goes... McGuire. McGuire, and then it was Rashford, Sancho... And Saka. Saka. So, just quick run through. Berardi makes his... Kane makes his... Bellotti with a miss. Massive save by Pickford. Yeah. Massive. Uh, McGuire scores with literally the perfect penalty ever. I'm sure we've all seen the video of the where he just breaks the camera yeah that yeah. was amazing <laughs> yeah, that was like perfect and then he got the crowd hyped bonucci with a very good penalty that pickford almost kind of he guessed the right way and his hand was like near the ball yeah you give him that man pickford was on uh the rashford miss pretty unlucky off the post well you would say unlucky i wouldn't say unlucky because I absolutely hate, hate the stupid run-up where you do the like little tiptoe, like waiting for the goalkeeper to move somewhere. And then you pause. And then you hit the post. Drag it. Drag it too far. I don't know the stats on this. This is just like recency bias or something, but it feels like when people do that, they have a higher percentage of missing. I'll just always remember the Zaza penalty. Was that last Euros, or was that just like a random Italy game? Where no, Simone that was Zaza. That was last Euros. Yeah. That was one of the <laughs> worst was, penalties ever. That was awesome. That was so awesome. Everyone should be forced to have to kick the ball like that. <laughs> Run up like a million steps just to miss. That was so good. Uh, after that miss, Bernadeschi scores. So he makes it 3-2. And then Sancho misses. Yeah, it, Everyone was going to the right side, too. Like, someone kicked to the left, please. Well, Rashford went left. That's true. 
Uh, but most of them rang were to the right. Yeah. The ones no, that's that were true. saved. I agree. Uh, the Sancho one just wasn't that good. No, easily savable. Yeah. Jorginho, the ultimate penalty taker, the Babe Ruth of penalty taking these days. Yeah, you're thinking at this point the game's over because he's up. It was honestly an amazing penalty, and it was an even better save by Pickford. Yeah. To just get enough to put it on the post. Yep, and not and then not bump it back in. England with the, <laughs> with the ultimate rug pull, if there ever was one. Bakayo Saka, 19-year-old. All the pressure. Yep. Got and a score. And he just doesn't have a good penalty, and it's saved. I to the right bump, again. Yeah. Donnarumma walking off. I genuinely don't think he thought that the like penalties was over. He walked <laughs> away so cool. I couldn't believe it. So you want to talk about the the choices, or you just want to talk about the Saka? Because I don't put it on Saka. No. And I mean Southgate. You can only do so much. You can only make guys go up there that want to go up there. If you don't want to go up there, I don't want you taking it. But honestly, I mean, because it came out after that, like Grealish said he wanted to. And it came out that, like, Sterling, I, I, I guess I didn't see anything about Sterling, but a lot of people criticizing him. It's like, where is he at? Well, Sterling, I can see because 4 of 9, that's pretty bad. Yeah, but Ari, Ari was 5 of 9. Yeah, but. And he's a center he's back. He's a different kind of guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like you, I don't put any of it on Saka. That's all I'll say. Even though it wasn't a good penalty. He's 19. He's more defensive-minded, which, I mean, doesn't truly indicate about penalties. Anyone can take penalties. But I just, I don't blame him. I blame either Southgate for not really installing the confidence in these guys to take penalties for the world or the Euros. And I blame these players. How do you not want to? Yeah, I'm more of a, I'm more apt to blame the players because if you see that Sokka is going fifth, like the the most important spot that mm-hmm. there is, and you're one of the senior players or more senior players, yeah, you should be saying, "Give no, me that. I I can take this. Yeah, I'm more experienced." But I understand the element of having Sokka take it because Sokka has shown that like the pressure doesn't get to him. Yeah, but this a- and if he would have scored, yeah, then it would prove it. But this pressure was. The pressure of all pressures. Literally, you have to score this against the guy who's been amazing this tournament, player of the tournament. And it. And really, there's such a huge drop-off. Like, there's not guys with good penalty There's not a ton of experience. Yeah, we just read it. There's not it's a like ton, so it's... Your top, top three, top four, and then it's, like, huge drop-off, and everyone's taking, like, one or That's two. That's what I was questioning when people were talking about guys. I would... I just have an inkling to like go towards more attacking guys and guys who are in finishing positions more often. And then, like yeah. I said, it doesn't make it like that. That's the right way to go, and you have to go with that rather than defenders. But like, some people are clamoring for like Shaw to take it. And it's like, I don't like what was Shaw's on that? He didn't take he, many. He was one of one. Yeah, okay. I, I was so thinking Grealish. Yeah, yeah. No, Grealish and Sterling were the main guys. Where it's like, really no. But then again, you have McGuire who had the best penalty of everyone. Yeah, and he's a center back, so who knows? They should have Pickford take it. Dude, that would have been amazing. <laughs> it's all about vibes. All about That's what vibes. we learned from this tournament. And if you're going in with dead meme vibes, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna have a good time. 
But you just knew, like, after Rashford and Sancho missed, like... It was probably... That's too... That's too it, much. Yeah. When, you, when you bring in guys solely to make penalties, mm-hmm. and then they miss... Miss. It's a, it's a killer. Some bad juju. It ruins really the vibes. Is. It really does. Who'd you say was the man of the match, just to wrap this up? Because there's some really good players this game. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I. It, it's kind of like the combination of Bonucci and Chiellini together. Like if you fuse them as one player together. Yeah, they're literally every pass they had that was over the top or just a long ball was always perfect. Yeah, it was never, <laughs> it was never going out or anything. I would probably go with Ferrati, who we'll get to it about our awards and whatnot but yeah he he was incredible 112 of 119 passing able to win the ball controlled 11 percent of all possession in the game yeah i was gonna say like when italy took over in the 30th minute or whatever like he was running the midfield yeah and just overwhelmed the english midfield completely yeah it's and that's not a knock against Rice and Phillips because they've been really good, and we'll talk to, about them when we get to the team of the tournament and stuff because they played amazing. But To me, I more wanted to see Shaw and Trippier not sit so far back and push more into the midfield to kind of help get some more numbers in the midfield. The playing not to lose by England, it's undeniable that that happened um, rather than play to win. I think you're right. If you're playing to win, you have Sean Trippier, not obviously not crazy far forward, but a little more elevated than the back three, and you're able to kind of press more in the mid and take away those spaces. Yeah. You can't, don't allow the link-up play and to get it out wide, mm-hmm. which they're doing, and then cut it central. So I agree. It was It was a little as defensive as England have been this tournament, and they've been good doing it the whole they didn't they never just sat back and were like all right let's protect the lead for sure and stuff it was more like this is our strength and we'll play through it but that's gonna push our attack forward and really make our attack better yeah this time there was no outlet balls there was no way to get any attack going and that's not even necessarily on Kane and Sterling as much as I've harped on them this tournament it's distribution from other guys there there was just no time under this italian pressing yeah i can tell you're sad 55 years we'll come back and (laughs) when england makes it to the next one oh gosh yeah just so everyone knows we're staring at a picture of Jorginho Jorginho. holding the cup in some puma slides and he looks ridiculous (laughs) he looks like a little monkey he's he's like schmeagle with the yeah, ring pretty much <laughs> it's coming to rome <laughs> that's like a that's more of <laughs> south america but uh well he is brazilian so. he is brazilian with apparently his grandfather played uh friendly or something or not played but it was his grandfather ate a piece of pizza once yeah and he so said arriva dirty that's so great how guys just leave brazil for like european nations like diego costa too for spain that was the biggest one <laughs> Like, this that dude's was, not Spanish. Yeah, that was so funny. Um, major takeaways from either side. 
I feel like Italy was probably the best team and it was well deserved and England was I thought the second best team I thought this was at least a final where it wasn't like a fluke I think if Denmark got through it would have been a fluke Let's yeah just be honest. for sure I think if Spain got through or even you go back even as good as France and stuff are I think it would have been a fluke maybe mm-hmm. even Belgium would have been a fluke I think Italy England were the two best teams yeah for sure they're the deepest, they had the most quality, and they're starting 11s. Now, let me ask you this. How much of the blame do you put on Gareth Southgate? Because there's a lot of people out there who are very upset and blame him solely for the loss. You can't blame a manager solely, but, I mean, he puts the team together. He put, he picks the vision for he sees the game. He's like, this is how it's going to play out. This is how we need to play in order to beat this team. And it came out, and it worked strong in the first part, and then he just got too complacent, and he thought that he could sit back. And it's almost like England had, must have had this idea where it's like, oh, well, if we need to get going again, we'll flip a switch, and we can just start attacking. And it's Italy's like, no, no, no. That's not how this works. This is our game now. We have control of it. So... And as far as the pens and stuff, like I said, on paper, it makes sense to put in Rashford and Sancho. They've, yeah. They're attack-minded players that have had success taking penalties, and they're world-class players who've played on big stages. So I, I, I don't blame them for that. I blame them more for, I guess, if we're just going to narrow it down, play style, playing not to lose, and then substitution timing. Certain guys should have been on sooner. When other guys were completely gassed and you could see the game was completely shifted to the point that there was no way back yeah that's what i would put on him the thing is though for me i look at this and i look at this tournament as a whole when evaluating Gareth southgate yes in the final i agree he made mistakes he he was do too conservative cope. don't do it <laughs> he was too conservative for sure but guess what that starting lineup, it worked great. They were mm-hmm. playing well, and then they yes. scored. And then they needed to change the system, which is hard to do in the final to say when you're up 1-0 and you're going to put on an attacking player and take off a defender. Like, it sounds a little counterintuitive. But look at the tournament as a whole. From day one, Gareth Southgate was making decisions that everyone disagreed with not including Sancho in the lineup, mm-hmm. playing four at the back, playing five at the back, whatever. Throw Saka in. Throw Saka in, completely untested. But guess what? Almost every single one of those times, yeah. he proved that it was the right decision. And to that, I say that is major props to you for being able to change this system based on the opponents and have it be so effective. I mean, so I, I give him a lot of kudos. I think it's safe to say that these are the second and third best managers of the tournament behind Frank DeBoer. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, like I said, two best teams, two best managers of the tournament, I think. And uh, I'm just saying that he's getting a lot of undeserved hate because he brought them to the final. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to criticize someone, you have to highlight the times that they got their, it right. You got to look at their strength, all the things they did well, and all the things that they didn't get well. And I mean, what matters in the end is winning. So it's unfortunate. Cause, but he didn't completely 
I wouldn't say completely messed up with the game entirely even. No. It's not like he got it completely wrong. They came out, they got the lead. It's just he kind of let it slip away in the end, and some of the decisions didn't it work just, out perfectly. It just happened that the biggest game where he had mistakes was the most important one against the toughest team. Yeah, but even in other games, he had some questionable subs and stuff too. They just didn't get highlighted because they won. That's fair. So, let's it'll always be as much. There's always, as we've talked about this before, there's always two ways to look at it: performance or result. Most general fans look at result because that's what it's all about. It's about winning or losing, and I think a lot more of people that are around the sport and highly involved in the sport care more about performance at times and stuff. And I mean, we were having this conversation about Spain too. It's like the performance was great, but you didn't get the result. And that's going to come with a lot of blame for Luis Enrique and those players. And that's unfortunately what will probably happen with England too. The issue I have is that Gareth Southgate brought these guys to a final for the first time in 55 years. And if they win the final, he's a hero and he gets knighthood. If they lose, then he's a complete fraud. It's not as black and white as that. Well, you know, when you're coming from a country that's had a manager and Big Sam, everyone's going to look like like the biggest fraud that's ever come because they're all going to lose. And you know who never lost? Big Sam. Big Sam never lost. Never. He's literally always vindicated at every given point as yeah. sad as he might have been yesterday that they lost he was sitting there eating a pie and he did deep down he had a smile because he knew he's that he's the, the, be- he's the greatest of all <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah. let's 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 transition away from this disappointment the, let's the final let's talk about this tournament as a whole do you want to you want to start with surprise yeah. Biggest surprise of the tournament Biggest slash surprise. breakout. Are we talking teams or individuals? Just you could do either one, I would say. Some obvious ones would be uh, Denmark as a whole. Mm-hmm. But looking further into Denmark, I would say Domsgard looks like a great young talent. Yeah, Mala looked yeah looked I'd... excellent in the wing back position. Mm-hmm. I would say surprise for me, assuming su- we're going to say surprise is a good thing, and if we'll, we'll touch on disappointments and stuff too. But as far as a um, surprise, I, I honestly have kind of a good amount of them, but they're all like kind of minor ones. Um, just to touch on them real quick, Dan James' performance, Vermaelen's resurgence yeah, out of absolutely nowhere. Um, Ukraine actually converting on their just kind of magic goals that we talked about might happen, and they did. Um, surprise. I, I wouldn't say Sweden were that much of a surprise. I'd say Hungary is kind of just a surprise in general because they kind of gave some yeah. teams I would say the biggest surprise for me as a team was the Czechs. It was the Czechs. They might only got to the quarters. And they pushed Denmark to the brink, but I mean they're close to a semis, and I had them finishing bottom of their group. 
I would say Switzerland for me, just because of like how they played in the group stage, barring the one game against Turkey, like mm-hmm. they were not impressive at all. And then they come out and get Beat a France. massive win against France. Yeah. If we're talking about surprising player, um, obviously Saka, obviously Damsgaard. Schick. Schick, Patrick Schick establishing himself again. Um, yeah, I'd say those were probably like just the main players and stuff. Um, any major disappointments for you off the top? Because I, I can I can rattle a few off. <laughs> I would say Spain, personally. They're terrible finishing, like having to rely on Morata. That was awful. We knew this was coming, but Poland. Yeah. You know, obviously with we should do it. We should do it relative to uh, surprised us. Because yeah. I don't think we, because we talked about, we didn't think Spain were real contenders. And we definitely didn't think Poland were getting through their turn or their group. In that regards, then I would say France because they were very disappointing. Yeah. They had the all end. the talent in the world. and But then it comes out that everyone pretty much hates each other. Mm-hmm. So it's not that surprising. <laughs> yeah. It's just more surprising that it happened like that. Um, as far as biggest disappointing team, and there, and we said this before the tournament, they were kind of in that bracket of Spain and stuff. But Portugal, just for how poor they looked at times. Like, they looked, yeah. like, inexcusably poor. On defense and attack, a lot of times they just couldn't get anything going. It was so strange. Yeah, they were. I didn't expect them to win. I didn't expect, you know, even probably semis. But I can't believe how poor they looked. There were the case of, like, uh, the parts don't equal a greater whole mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like on paper, th- these are great players. It's a FIFA ultimate team. It's a FIFA ultimate team, exactly, but they don't work well together. And yeah, the absolutely. only way they succeed is when they play like gritty defensive football. Yeah. And then for my player, biggest disappointment, I genuinely don't think it's even in consideration. It's Mbappe. Yeah. He was invisible. You want to tell me he's Messi? You want to tell me he's Ronaldo? No. Not yet. No. Nope. Maybe one day. Not yet. Yeah, he he didn't show that capability of just carrying the team. Yeah. I mean, say what you want about Ronaldo, and he had some pens and stuff, but I mean, at least he put up a tally. Yeah. Of a good amount of goals. He, he ended up as the leading goal scorer. I well, believe. tied, tied, tied with Lord Patrick Schick. Tied with Schick. But yeah, it's uh, pen merchant Ronaldo. It, it yes. really was, but still. As we've seen with penalties in this tournament, nothing's a guarantee, I guess. That's true. Um, Next quick topic. I mean, we could do best and worst managers. We kind of touched on that with these being the two best ones. Was there someone besides DeBoer that stood out to you that really you thought kind of got it wrong? Um, hmm. I mean, Deschamps for me. You could say Deschamps, but then... I You're think of it as like the players just hate each other, so it doesn't matter. His yeah, his tactics were pretty, pretty poor. Trying would you throw think. love out there, Liv? Yeah, I would say so because their tactics were super uninspiring. If you exclude the game against Portugal, which they, Portugal literally just gave them a free lane. Yeah, they rolled out the red carpet, but otherwise, Germany looked like they had like no clue going forward. Uh, Serge Gnabry and Leroy Sané looked 
terrible. They didn't work well together. Uh, yeah, to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. Just really bad. Like, I get having, like, some of your best play come from your wingbacks uh, when it's your main attack is coming from them and then no one's able to really finish besides the German one of the German frauds, Kai Havertz. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, Gnabry runs the Farmers League that is the Bundesliga. That he does. <laughs> Sane, he can't even run the Bundesliga. Nope. Uh, peak of the tournament or like match of the tournament? I'd probably say uh, round round sixteen, 16 was the best. Yeah, I would say that was that was amazing. There's all the memes involved there. That's kind of the best spot because it's like guys are in form because they've played matches, but it's not so far into the tournament that they're just exhausted. Yeah. And you still don't have, like, you still have a good amount of, like, the decent teams. There might be, like, one or two teams are like, oh, man, this this team's not going to do anything, but. Yeah, and you yeah. haven't had to play 120 minutes five times in a row. If you had to pick one match, though, what was your, what would you say was the most enjoyable match to you? <sighs> one match. I think for me, mine was Italy-Belgium. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Uh, Spain, Switzerland. That was also very exciting. Yeah. Or even the Spain, uh, Croatia, the five three. That was just like <laughs> chaos. France, Switzerland, probably a close second for me. Oh yeah, I meant I meant uh, France, Switzerland, not. Uh, I was gonna say Spain, the one where Shakiri had they had like two shots all game and Shakiri scored one because yeah. they I, left it. I by. misspoke. Um. Yeah, I mean, just a terrific tournament. So many guys. If there's one non-Premier League guy that's, like, feasible in the tournament, who would you want to see in the Premier League next year? Because, like, you, can say, you can't say, like, Verratti. Like, he's not yeah. leaving PSG. Hmm. This is a tough one. I mean, any of the Atlanta guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could pick, like, any of them. True. I think I'm going to go with Isak because he was kind of one of the big, bigger surprises that really stepped up. I'd like to see him bagging some goals in the Premier League. You could even say, like, Forsberg. Yeah. Not for, like, a a top, top team, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, he could could make Everton, like, a whole lot better. And, honestly, he'd probably be fine on a team like Tottenham, too. Yeah. So. That's the same range I was thinking of as well. Did you have any other talking points besides um, team of the tournament? We'll go through that and player of the tournament. That's all I really had. I know that you get the creative juices going for this sometimes. I'm just sad. <laughs> I'm just yeah. sad they lost. I would. Football's I don't not know. It's home. one. It's the only time I don't. I didn't hate this England squad. Don't get me wrong. It's just more so when there's certain guys where I don't really like their play style. I don't want to cheer for them as much. I would probably say I was cheering for England much more than, say, um, Germany, Spain, probably oh, definitely Portugal and France. I'd say there's... And the other ones I'm cheering for that are over them are like underdogs. It's like whales and stuff. It's not like 
I think the only player on England that I like dislike watching is Sterling. Yeah. Just because of the like. Tell me about it. <laughs> the, the, the whining no. and like always complaining. Yeah, it's it's him. I, as a fan of a team that I won't say because I don't want to give away my, I want to keep it anonymous what team I support because I try to be as least biased as possible. Kane bothers me only because he's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's so good. I wish we got to see a full, full, strength Kane. I mm-hmm. don't think we saw the best of Kane in this game. Not to mention, I forgot how much I like Harry Maguire when he's... I like him a little less now he's on United. That's the only reason why. Yeah, we're in he's agreement with this, but yeah. people talk about Harry Maguire like he's some scrub. Like He's obviously one of the best center backs it's because in the world. They, it's because he had some meme-tier moments to start at Man U. Yeah. But, and plus he used to be at Hull. He used to be at Leicester, smaller clubs, so people don't think that, like... Also, he's English. Yeah, true. Oh, he's just Phil Jones. <laughs> no one says that, but you know that there actually is someone out there who says that. Uh, yeah, I, I love me some Grealish, don't get me wrong. And uh, I think you, maybe you wouldn't be surprised, even though you know me well. You know I'm not a huge Sancho guy. Yeah, I'm not a huge Sancho guy either. I do like Jude. I like Mings. Reese James is a surprising, surprising that Chilwell didn't play Big a single Connor minute. Big Connor Cody guy. <laughs> Connor Cody. <laughs> Should have subbed him on for pens. <laughs> Go with the all-center back yeah. lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrone they Mings, know Connor Cody, Ben White. Then it would have worked out, and then that would have been the ultimate Southgate is an absolute genius. He <laughs> solved football. He put all the center backs but on first, the tens. First goes Pickford. Yes. Oh, gosh. Um, do you want to get to your team of the year? Did you pick one, or you just want to go through one that I made? Yeah, I didn't really pick one. Uh, the ones I saw looked reasonable. I have a mix uh, of a lot of English Italian and Italian guys. And English, yeah. yeah which I, I sprinkled in a little more, and I... Let's make it clear. I made mine to where it's actually logical. I'm not putting a front three of Lukaku, Ronaldo, and, you know. Lewandowski. Yeah, it's like, well, that makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the team for Keeper, this is really tough. And I put together a secondary team, so we have other stuff. But just let me know what you think about this. So I did end up going with Donnarumma. I think I would have went with him even before the final. But... Pickford had a little struggle with distribution, but, I mean, he came through and they needed him most, so I had to consider him. Schmeichel wasn't all that great. I think it might be a little inflated because of that England game. He yeah. went nuts. But before that, he was just like, he was okay. He lets there were in definitely that some that he could have yeah, saved. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. Uh, Stats-wise, it showed that, like, Hrdecki made a bunch of saves that weren't expected, but, I mean, it was Finland, yeah. so... That's kind of why I went with Donnarumma. Oh, and um, Somer for that one game where he made like a bunch of saves. Yeah, <laughs> I thought maybe him, but yeah. I I decided not to. Um, for the right back, couple options: Male and Shufal. And I went with Shufal, just because 
he did so much on defense in terms of tackling and interceptions, and he had so much input on their attack, which Mala did too. But his uh, Shufal's was a little more efficient, I guess. Can I just ask, what is the formation of your? Mine's gonna be um, a four-three-three. Okay. Just so that changes things. Yeah. So Shufal, um, McGuire. Yeah. Benucci. Other center backs I considered really Dave, Chiellini, and I wanted to go with the backup of Vertonghen or Alder Vyrald, but I didn't know which one really played better. They both kind of played like the same, and Belgium's defense was just solid enough during the tournament. Yeah. It wasn't like outstanding. Yeah. It was just like, meh. Uh, left back, the man who, if England won, absolutely deserved player of the tournament, Luke Shaw. Yeah, for sure. Had to be him. Even though there were a lot, there were a lot of good left backs, so I went Shaw, Spinazzola, Zuber had some moments for Switzerland. He led an assist. Torgan Hazard scored like twice on like four shots and had a bunch of good play in terms of shot creations. Um, and then Mr. Alba of Spain, yeah, the left back it was loaded, but Luke Shaw just too good. Too good, the fat man. How about Mourinho coming out today saying, where's Luke Shaw to take the <laughs> He's such a troll. Literally Dude, didn't play the don't guy. Don't do him like that. Literally didn't play the guy, acted like he was worthless, and then he comes out in a European final. He's like, where's this guy, huh? Mourinho, the biggest wind-up merchant. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So my midfield three, this was, this was tough. Verratti for sure. And we'll just say it now. He was my player of the tournament. Verratti, Forsberg. I think he was tied for second in goals, and he also had one assist, I believe. He was just creating a bunch of chances for him. Hit the post a few times against Ukraine. Great, great tournament. Um, And I can't believe this because you know that I just don't rate him in terms of the Premier League. But I went with Hoiberg. Mm, interesting. For interesting. all for as much as he did in terms of tackling and interceptions, but then he had such an important role in their attack without Erickson. It was yeah. He he was a really a well-rounded player. He's a more rounded player than I thought he ever was. That's fair. Yeah. Here's who just missed Kevin De Bruyne, who obviously was still very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Pedri slash Almo. I couldn't really choose which one. I guess I would have went Pedri just because he's more efficient. Almo like Almo created was chances, more of, but more of a forward. I guess he's more like a false nine, but I always view him as yeah. a ten. Uh, Barella, amazing tournament. Rice and Phillips deserve a shout. One of those two. I'd probably go Phillips barely, yeah. just because I felt he was the uh, player that match again in the Croatia England game. I think Phillips went pretty under the radar in this tournament. He did a lot of work, mm-hmm. but it's not like stuff that really gets the, the headlines. There was so much asked of him and Rice that it's truly unbelievable that nobody, nobody, even the people giving shout-outs, nobody's talking about the job Rice and Phillips did holding down the midfield. Yeah. Truly incredible job. Um, Shakiri, Thomas Delaney. And I sprinkled uh, a little bit, a little bit of Zinchenko. Not much Zinchenko, but a little bit. That's give fair. Him a, give him a little shout. 
the top three, it's kind of weird because he he came up with the big goals, but he didn't, and or like big plays, I guess, for him. But it wasn't like he was always doing it from the get go. Kiesa, yeah. I feel like he just kind of had to be there because he was their main guy down the stretch. Yep. Uh, other guys I thought about for that specific wing was Depay and Yarmolenko, who also had very good tournaments. Uh, for my forward, you can you can hate all you want, people. It's Patrick Schick. Yes, it's Patrick Schick. <laughs> it's not Ronaldo. It's Patrick Schick. Um, thought there were so many good strikers, and for Schick to get there, and it's not just the goals. He was doing a lot too, besides scoring. So. Benzema and Lukaku and CR7 and Seferovic even got a consideration from me. And then for the last wing, it's got to be, it's got to be Insigne. Raheem Sterling. Yes, Insigne. A couple other attackers I didn't, I just kind of put down, but they weren't really ever truly in consideration. Fernand Torres, Kuliszewski, Isak, and then Bale. I thought Bale did pretty decent. He just yeah not much you could do in the round of 16 game right so any big changes you'd make to that named a whole lot of guys just threw it right at you the the final team was donnarumma shufal mcguire benucci shaw verati hoiberg forsberg chiesa schick insignia i'm not sure i'd change anything on that no it's, it's all pretty fair i'd say you could easily make claims for other guys yeah it's it's all you know Six on oh, one I even have done. I even had Sterling and I didn't have Kane, but I did have Sterling as a consideration. Okay. Even though Kane probably was a better player in the tournament, yeah, and did more. But I think so. What are you gonna do? Oh man. Well, it's over the Euros, and now we're on to the Premier League. We're we're back. The Hawaiian shirts are off. Yeah, they're off. The lads are. We're sunburned. Back home. We're sunburned. sunburned. Very sunburned. <laughs> we are Slightly sunburned. Slightly in pain. All, emotionally broken. <laughs> yeah, broke up with a fit Middle East, like European yeah. bird. Some Ukrainian chick. <laughs> she she went home with Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> we're just sad. But you know what? When we're sad, you know what? We fall back to the Premier League. Yeah, we fall back to the Premiership. We're going to get going here in a couple days. Going to have our first kind of transfer roundup. Oh, boy, there's been a lot there's been a lot of news, Sam. It's getting spicy, and it's only going to get spicy. Oh, it's only going to get spicier as we go throughout the rest of summer. And then how how many weeks till the Premier League? Well, I know Arsenal starts their preseason like next week or something. Let me look this up before we depart. So probably like four weeks. Yeah, oh my like the around the twelfth or thirteenth. So literally, we're a month away. Yeah, we're a month away. We're gonna have, um, we're going to have a lot of transfer episodes coming out and just news and general stuff. You know, talk about potential rumors and whatnot. And then we're gonna have some nice in-depth breakdowns, previewing teams this year, their outlook going into next season, what we can expect of them in the 2021-2022 Premier League season. That's all for now. Bye. He's coming to Rome.